the wintertime sun makes a special appearance to welcome Garnet River into the world. She's a squalling pink newborn, itching to escape the arms of her mother, a freckled woman who looks weak from childbirth, but delirious with joy. Garnet's father, a broad-shouldered fisherman with fluffy blonde hair, tickles the baby under her chin. Her resulting sneeze is little more than a squeak. Cocooned in purple blankets, she's adorable. The roundest human being I've ever seen. Her cheeks are two half-moons, her chin a crescent. There's something hopeful about new life, whether it's a seedling in the lunar greenhouses or a yowling earthbound baby. Garnet has every right to fuss. The movements keep her blood circulating, keep her warm. The stratus clouds that usually blanket St. Oda may have lifted for today, but the cold hasn't. All of the island community citizens have gathered in the overhang, their outdoor auditorium scooped out of the side of a mountain. There's a small platform at the far end, and beyond that lies the ocean. The stone floor slopes upward, away from the stage, and a high ceiling shelters the auditorium from the elements. To the side, a disused, off-white lighthouse casts its shadow across a thin sliver of the stage. Eiders circle overhead, cawing. The birds' white wings are tipped with black. The color also appears on their foreheads and around their eyes. Their bills glint silver in the sun. Some birds dip down from the endless sky, fly low, and weave between glass orbs filled with seawater, which hang from the ceiling on hempen ropes around the room's perimeter. Though they're dull by day, the bioluminescent bacteria within them cast haunting blue light after sundown. On the stage, First Priest Luciana Pinto lays a comforting hand on Baby Garnet's forehead, calming her. St. Oda's leader has a broad nose, wide-set eyes, and medium-brown skin that seems to glow. Even though Pinto's back is stooped from osteoporosis, the top of her head, covered in curly gray hair, hovers at least a meter and three-quarters off the ground. "'God is closest to our children,' she says to the audience. She doesn't have a microphone, but her voice carries fifty meters to where I'm standing— slightly beyond the middle of the stone auditorium. The Odins constructed their gathering place to refract and amplify sound waves, so noises from the stage bend upward and outward. He weaves a part of his spirit and every living thing before its birth, and so the youngest among us have most recently received his blessing. Amen, says the congregation. I move my lips but don't make a sound. Odin's services make me uncomfortable, since I'm breaking rules from my old life just by listening. On the lunar basis, the committee outlawed religion because it would supposedly counter scientific objectivity. I'd love to believe in the Odin's harmonious vision of the world, with its god who gives a bit of himself to every organism. I'd be happier, but... It only takes one counterexample to disprove any theory, and I've come across several. If God is good, and there's a part of him in all living things, why are the committee members evil? If God is powerful, 
Why couldn't he stop them from killing my mother? And why won't he drain away my grief? Sometimes so much sorrow clogs my body that my tears can't flow. I want the committee, all six faceless murderers, to suffer as I have, as the lunar people have, to experience hunger so complete that the pangs no longer register, to weather the pain of electric shocks and laser fire, to lose a loved one, if they're still capable of loving anybody, what would their screams sound like? My desires shock me, and they'd appall the Odins, for whom needlessly harming another of God's creations is the greatest sin. The only person who knows I'm not a believer is Wes, who's standing on the other side of the overhang with the rest of the men. His face is solemn, and his eyes focus on Priest Pinto. But three fingers of his right hand toy with a loose string on his brown wool sweater, coiling it around and around. He saw the same things I did on the moon, maybe even worse things. And now he seems out of touch with his countrymen's beliefs, too. We keep our doubts to ourselves. Priest Pinto raises her left hand, Three minuscule red dots, ladybugs, scurry across her palm. She rolls back the baby's right sleeve. Today, we accept this child as a citizen and a member of our congregation. With these three ladybirds, the Odin's name for the insects, I join the divine in me and the city of St. Oda to the divine in her. Let us welcome Garnet River into our midst. Amen, we chorus.